This podcast is brought to you by the Empower Her program, a 12-week gut and hormone restoration program. If you are suffering from chronic digestive and menstrual cycle issues, this may be the program for you. Go to www.sophieandkyleen.com forward slash empower her to join the waitlist. Welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the She Talks Health Podcast, everybody. This is Sophie Shepard, your host. I am a functional nutrition practitioner and women's menstrual health coach. I am so excited for today. We have a really juicy topic to talk about today, all about how to heal your pelvic floor through somatic and energy practices. I am really excited to also be interviewing a colleague and very dear friend of mine, Miriam Bove. She is a doctor of physical therapy. She specializes in pelvic health. She's also a holistic pelvic care provider and a women's health coach. So she combines a lot of education and knowledge to help women with their pelvic floor, something that I know many, many women are struggling with. Miriam, welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am too. And your kind of confluence of education is so valuable here. I'd love to just start with a little bit more about you. How did you get into not just pelvic floor physical therapy, which is in and of itself a new industry, but now this you added this holistic. I'd love to know what that means for you and how you ended up in this world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I have to say it's been a little bit of a journey. Um, of, you know, back to myself, I would say, you know, to, to find my way here. Um, yeah, I, so I practiced for many years as a pelvic physical therapist. Um, I've worked in private practice. I worked for big hospital systems and pelvic physical therapy is just unbelievable. I, I know so many amazing pelvic physical therapists. Um, and so physical medicine is just so, so beautiful. And I think it's something that we don't turn to enough in the, in the medical field. Um, but, you know, I was working for many years, you know, as this physical therapist that was very much trained in the musculoskeletal system, right, of really looking at, the, at our bodies as purely kind of a physical form. And there was something that always felt a little off, and it's like I couldn't put my finger on it. And, 
And what I started to recognize is that, you know, when I was working, um, and let me go back, let me explain it to anybody who doesn't know what pelvic physical therapy is. We do a lot of, you know, manual work to both the abdomen and internally to the pelvic floor. Um, not always, of course, but it also is combined with certain exercises and, and you know, some neurological re-education essentially. And, and so, I, you know, I'd, be, I'd have my hands on a woman's abdomen or, or be internal and I could sense like there was something more that wanted to come out, that this wasn't just about releasing muscles. It wasn't just about getting the muscles to function better, that the body was truly trying to say something, like truly, like there was something deep in there that the body was trying to, to say something. And, and, you know, and then there would be certain times where there would be emotional releases or remo- emotional res- responses and of course, I'd always sit with a, wo- with a woman and, and go into it. But if I was internal, I would actually come out. I'd be like, if a woman started crying, I would actually come out. And what I learned now is that actually we need to be there and stay there and provide the space to allow those emotions to come up um, more, beyond, just the, beyond just through our thoughts, right? To access them through the body. And so, you know, and I say it was a combination of wanting to go deeper from an emotional and energetic perspective. And I wasn't sure how, but I actually ended up, you know, quitting my job because I was like, there's something deeper here that I feel like I'm being called to. And it didn't make sense, but it just felt like I wasn't living in alignment. And of course, and then you combine that with a lot of burnout in the medical world of, you know, seeing 12 patients a day. And it just felt like I couldn't give myself all, like I couldn't give all of myself to the women I was working with. Um, just in that model, because I wasn't in flow with the feminine. And we'll talk more about that. But I wasn't in flow with what my body could actually do, especially throughout the month. Um, And so I actually, I'm making this kind of long, but I actually went back to school to become a marriage and family therapist, because I was like, oh, I want to go more into how are family systems affecting us? How, How is our upbringing affecting us? And and go into the emotional side of things through the therapy, you know, the quote unquote therapy side of things. And I realized by delving into that, that what I truly wanted was not just to talk about it, but to bring it, but to bring the physical body and the emotional energetic body together. And I felt like just going into the therapy world would just be moving completely to the head, to the above the neck consciousness, essentially. And so I, I was in marriage and family therapy school and then I'm like, I dropped out. <laughs> but, um, and so I now, I now do this and I, I, I received training in holistic pelvic care, which is by the amazing, amazing Tammy Lynn Kent, if anybody knows her. Um, and to me, what I would say that that work does is it allows us to access the, the, both the physical body but, and the energetic body um, and seeing how that comes up through pelvic symptoms, through emotions, trying to speak in the body, um, through balance. I don't love the word balancing, but accessing the feminine and the masculine to allow them to, to reorient essentially. Um, and it's powerful. It's really powerful. Wow. Miriam, thank you for sharing your story. It's so beautiful. I I've heard it before, but it's just as powerful the second time. And Mm -hmm. I love that you listened to your intuition when you decided to go back to school for marriage and family counseling. And that wasn't, that wasn't aligned. And I think you're right. I see a lot of women coming with pelvic floor pain that are their, their pain started around an emotional situation. And so I think it's important to connect both for some women that our emotions and maybe even the word trauma or stress can be stored inside the body and that we might need both support, the 
the, the physical and the emotional, the energetic, it's incredible what you've done. And I think a lot of women in the world are going to benefit from it. So I'd love to talk to those women. I mean, how, why would someone come to you? Like what kind of symptoms might a woman um, kind of be experiencing in order to need this type of support? And then let's talk about how we deal with the, the energetics. And then let's talk about the masculine and feminine, because I know those are pretty woo-woo words that people might not know what those mean. But yeah, just start with symptoms. Like well, why would someone come yeah. to do this work? Yeah. Yeah. And just to explain too, I, I now work entirely virtual. Um, so I do have my manual skills that I, that I will use every, you know, occasionally. But um, when, when people come to me, I actually, there's a certain, there's a lot of women who actually referred to me after being in pelvic physical therapy because there's something else there. Um, but even not, I would say to, to, to put it simply, I would say, um, painful sex is often a, a common one, painful sex, any bladder s- symptoms. So bladder urgency, um, bladder frequency, urinary incontinence, um, even those things, they're not just muscular, you know, they're not just, they, they, there's a lot of anxiety around urinary symptoms, UTIs, um, women come to me for chronic UTIs, I mean, not acute necessarily, um, you know, bowel issues, uh, you know, constipation, a lot of times is because energy can't release, it can't flow. Um, and so, so, and I say pain, I've worked with a lot of women with, with abdominal pain, back pain. Um, and I always say, you know, the entry point for me is the pelvic space, but I don't, I don't, I'm not isolated just to the pelvic space. So a lot of times women will come to me and if something comes up in our sessions, like pain in the shoulder or pain in the neck, then then we'll, we'll go there as well. Um, so I just, I always like to clarify that I'm not just like saying only pelvis. Um, and, and then, so also really more of the painful experience, like painful emotional experiences. So I work with a lot of women who've had traumatic births who haven't fully essentially completed the, the process emotionally. They're still in it. And it's so, um, post-abortion as well. That's something like near and dear to my heart too. Um, miscarriage. Um, and so a lot of these things, these like really painful experiences that women go through, um, that, that we don't have access to, to process in other ways. So we can talk about it and, and therapy. I'm such a big fan of therapy, huge, huge fan, but I say a lot of women end up coming to me because, and this is my own journey in healing too, is that I started in therapy and then I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can make sense of all this. And now I need to, but my body is still holding something. It's still holding anxiety. And I didn't understand why I was like, but I know why this is happening, you know? Oh, absolutely. I agree. I I think I I did a lot of talk therapy to get through some of the emotional trauma that I've been through, but I think you and I both believe that energy is stored in the body. So there's this subconscious, there's this other, this other energetic, less tangible place where these things go that have to be addressed too. So there's only so much you can do by talking about it or in your case, physically manipulating it. Um, Yeah. I wanted to ask you, do you also work with women who might have painful menstrual cycles, people who are dealing with fibroids or endometriosis or an unknown cause of uh, painful, painful cycles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I love actually working with, with painful cycles because I find a lot of times if you are having painful cycles, there's something in there that there's, you know, it can be so different, but it can be, sometimes you need inner child healing. Like that's actually what 
led me to my work is I had an extremely painful experience when I first got my period. I felt like there was, I was, there was so much shame around it that I carried that. And I still, I even had a session like this past weekend where I was like, I didn't fully process what it felt, you know, at, at the time when I got my period. And so when you talk to a lot of women, you actually find that there was a lot going on in their family systems when they got their periods that, that sometimes are even carried through to, to even what they're experiencing now. And then, you know, you put that on top of women who started birth control at a very young age, or I'm sorry, hormonal birth control. And women's bodies never got to really see what it felt like just to be a woman, right? <laughs> to like be in the feminine too. And, and I, I know we need to talk about that more. Yeah, maybe um, that's actually a good yeah. position. And I, before we transition into it, I would just love to, I've said this so much on the podcast, even on the last one I recorded about endometriosis is how early women are put, girls are put on hormonal birth control and how much that suppresses our natural rhythm and flow. And it's, it's not necessarily a fault of any one person, but it is almost an, uh, in and of itself a micro trauma, right? Because like, I think of it myself, like, man, I, okay, so I had a painful period and it was heavy and I was 14. And so my mom took me to the OBGYN because there must be something wrong. But in reality, it's just, I was just learning how to communicate. My brain was learning how to communicate with my ovaries and to have maybe a really normal cycle, but it was silenced, right? For seven, eight, mm. for some women, 20 years. And then we come off birth control to maybe have a child or we just don't want to be on it. And we're for the first time allowed to kind of understand these different sensations in our body. And it's very scary because maybe it's out of whack or out of control. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a really important mm. subject. Maybe this would be a good time to talk about what you mean by masculine and feminine. And then we can talk about those inner seasons of the menstrual cycle and bring it back around into, um, into this energetic work. Yeah. So can, you, can you explain? Yeah. You've mentioned masculine and feminine. I know it's kind of a woo-woo term, but you're you know, a doctor of physical therapy um, and I'm a health coach. So let's bring it into like something people can understand and how does yeah. it apply to pelvic space? Yeah, absolutely. And, and my work actually allows it to really apply to the body. And I, and I just want to go back to what you said about how you had pain when you were, when you were a teenager and you got your cycle. And it speaks to our us as a society, it speaks to our difficulty of sitting with our pain, of, of really seeing like, what is it saying to us? And, and we were taught from a really young age. I always say that when I'm doing this work, there's a lot of times a moment when, when women or children, or I'm sorry, children, you know, um, were taught to kind of leave their bodies, the, where they were taught to turn away from them versus towards them. And when we can actually sit with our pain, it ha actually has something to say deeply. And that's where, and then when we do that, when we sit with it, then it moves, you know, it shifts, it changes. But I just wanted to say that, that, um, I actually just said that on the previous, on the endometriosis, um, podcast I just did, like, what yeah. is it about us as a society that we automatically think, oh, pain, I need to get out of it. I can't experience that. Let me push that down. Let me get out of it. Whereas you and I both know in the holistic space that pain or symptomology is just a sign from the body that something's up and it's time to listen, not completely suppress it until it's screaming at you, right? That's what happened to yes. me. I just suppressed, I suppressed, I suppressed because I didn't know any better. And then all of a sudden I have a full-blown autoimmune disease at age 22 that is apparently incurable. Now, of course, I've gone into remission of that, but like as an extreme example that I see so much is that we we silence our pain and our symptoms, and then it comes back to bite us 
later because we haven't dealt with something that might have been smaller at the time. Um, and it's not to put like the, it's not necessarily to put the um, blame on anyone because that's not what I'm saying, but it's just an interesting observation that what we do as human beings, right? We just like, mm-hmm. we, we either say it's not a big deal and we're like, well, that's just, that's just me. Like everyone has something and we don't fight for like pure health happiness <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, we just suppress it because we, we have the tools to now, right? We have the medications to do that. Um, and sometimes that's not always beneficial to, to the later mm-hmm. outcome. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you d- dug into that, but yeah, let's talk about masculine feminine. Yeah. yeah. Should we? Yeah. Dive into that? yeah. Sorry to get, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's just, it's, yeah. Pain is just like, it truly is. It's this access to this spiritual awakening actually, but it has a really dark underbelly to a lot of people. And sometimes we have to go into the darkness to, to feel the light, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah, not to get, not to stray too far away, but from the masculine and feminine, but that also, you know, that comes into the masculine and feminine. And so when we talk about masculine and feminine, it's always like, well, what is that? And I think a lot of times when we think about it, we think about it from a gender construct, um, which has, its has its place. Right. Um, but when I, when I talk about the, the, feminine and masculine. Let me talk about the feminine first is that when, how that applies to the body, right? If we can get out of the brain and think, and think about it a little bit more in the body is that the feminine is the left side of the body. It's the, it's the space where we receive. It's the space where that feels deeply intuitive that, that part of our bodies where we feel like we don't, we don't fully understand it, but there's something there that just is awakening with us. Um, or that kind of tells us like to, to either go into it or like to turn away from it. And then the right side of the body is the masculine. So, and let me say from an ovary standpoint too, the, the, the left feminine energy is really in the left ovary and then that extends to the left side of the body. And then the masculine side is the right ovary that extends to the whole right side of the body. And that's the output. That's the, that's what we're putting out. And so it's kind of like, what are we doing? What are we producing? You know, it's more goal oriented. So it's this idea that the feminine takes something in it's wildly creative. And then the masculine creates a form out of that essentially. And so what we've got, what we've done in our society and this patriarchy, you know, that we live in is that we're, many of us are really functioning primarily out of our masculine of um, what can we get done? Our whole worth is based on how much money we're making. Um, what are we doing? Um, it's all based on productivity a lot of the times. And so as women, you know, and how this comes back to the menstrual cycle is that we're constantly shifting throughout the month, right? Um, and this comes to the inner seasons where, you know, when we're, when we're bleeding, that's our inner winter. So that's the time we really turn inward. It's the time to like not really socialize, to be by ourselves, to reflect, to release. And then as the menstrual lightning builds, we, we, we come back into inner spring, which is when we start to bloom, you know, we start to bloom. And then we come into inner summer, which is when we're like fully like, you know, fully there. We feel like we can socialize more. We, we want to socialize more. We t- tend to actually feel, feel our best. We feel the most confident. Um, it's kind of what we're putting out into the world. Um, and then we go into inner fall and then we want to turn inward. We start to shed, we start to release as the lining sheds, as, as it releases. And that's where, you know, you think about energy in the physical body and like literally as the, as the lining of the uterus is building, that's where it's like, what is coming in? What am I bringing into my system? That's why a lot of times, you know, intimus libido increases. It's what are we coming in? And then as it starts, as that lining starts to release, it's what are we releasing? And, and women are not taught to fully work with that. Um, and from a mental health standpoint, 
learning to work with that makes all the difference. It makes a big difference. Miriam, you just knocked that description out of the park. I could not have said that better myself. That was awesome. Thank you for bringing it into something that's tangible for people and bringing it back to the menstrual cycle. You are so right. We are not taught as women how to work with that. Like we kind of said, many women are are silenced from that opportunity from an early age um, by being on hormonal birth control. <clears throat> and we don't realize that it's a superpower <laughs> to actually mm-hmm. be able to work with that. And that's what some of what my, my biggest um, foundation in my business is, is to share yeah. that superpower. I love what you said about um, the inner seasons. I think this is if we can learn to work with this instead of working against it, it truly becomes something that we can leverage. Um, unfortunately, our society isn't built that way. <laughs> so we have yeah. to um, keep working in this other cycle, this other sink that's maybe a little bit different. I also think it's, oh, I think it's really interesting just physiologically that as your libido increases and as you become into inner summer um, or that outer summer, I guess, that like extroverted <laughs> yeah. version, like, hey, I want to go party. I want to go hang out with everyone. I want to have sex, all those things. It's funny that the hormone that increases during that time is testosterone. Mm. <laughs> Commonly known as oh, like a male yeah. I just I never thought kind of, of that. Yeah. You know, just like literally you are increasing in the masculine, um, if you want to call wow. it that. So yeah. thanks, thank you for explaining that. So um, I, I love that you, you teach women how to, to work, with, work with this. Um, what, bringing it back to like the pelvic space specifically and emotions, I would be curious to know like how once someone maybe knows about these inner seasons and knows that they have these symptoms and they come to you, like how, what's the process? Like how do they learn? We've talked about how emotions are stuck in the body, but like, how do we even process that if it's not through talk therapy? Like what, I mean, people probably don't even know what does that look like? Mm, Yeah. How to, how to access the emotions in the body. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you even access that? How do you know? I mean, we're, we're so silenced in, in accessing emotions, I think as a society. So how, how would someone know what to do other than to like call, call up their best friend and be like, oh my gosh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm so pissed off about this thing. Like that's one way of releasing, but how would someone work with you and get this energy out? Yeah. And I just want to, before I say this too, I just want to just allow everyone to bring compassion to themselves. If you're not, if this feels difficult, it's because as young children, I, and I go back to that a lot, but we we're truly not taught to sit with our discomforts, right? So if you start crying as a young child, if you're and your parents got mad at you, or if you had like, you know, some sort of rage, you know, that was very justified and your parents got mad at you in that moment, you were taught to turn that off, to try to numb it, to try to turn away from it. So I just want to say that before we kind of go into this, but, um, yeah. So um, when we think about emotions, emotions are the language of the body. They're not the language of the mind. Thoughts are the language of the mind. And so anytime you have an emotion, it truly is something within your body. That's what makes it uncomfortable. That's what makes you want to almost like run away from it, right? Is because we don't want to be with our bodies. We'd rather numb it, you know, whether it's like through drinking or, you know, so over socialization, like things like that. And so what, one of the most beautiful things you can start to do, even if nobody, if, even if you don't work with me, right, is, is start to, when, it, when something comes up, when it feels triggering, when you feel like you're like, going to like lose your shit, you know, (laughs) or you feel like you're just feeling really like, you know, you don't like yourself is try to get quiet 
and then drop into your body. So whether it's closed, a lot of times it's helpful to close your eyes, but even not necessarily, but, um, and then you, what you'll notice is you'll find a place in your body where that's being held. Like you'll find a place where it feels, it feels uncomfortable. And then when you feel that spot in your body, you can then be like, well, what is the sensation that I'm feeling here? And that's where we come into the word sensation. And so, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't know. You know, and sometimes people will even say like nothing. And I'm like, but nothing is something too. Nothing is like, an, is, it's an absence of something as well. And so when we talk about sensations, like even as you're listening to this, there's something you're feeling in your body. And so it's either possibly a heaviness. It could be a heaviness in your chest. It could be, you know, something that feels hard. It can feel like naughty. It can feel queasy even. And all of those things, that's the body speaking that's trying to say something. And so when we, in my sessions, what we do is we actually go into the dialogue of it. So we're, you know, we're connecting the mind and the body. And then you start to open up this dialogue with the body and that's where the feminine is. And it like, it makes it like, even me, it's like, I, I have like shivers in my body, even talking this because the feminine, that's where like this, the feminine sometimes feels like ethereal or something like we can't feel it, feel it. But when we access, when we drop into the body, that's when it's like, Oh, that's the feminine. Like that's, that's where I can make, you know, I can kind of make it more tangible. I'm feeling right now, um, energy, nervousness, excitement, the top of my chest, Mm. you know? And, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, man, you think about butterflies in your stomach, for example, you know, this is like what you're talking about and we never think to connect them. That's, that's incredible. So going, going a layer deeper, um, how would you, since not everyone in the world can work with you, (laughs) what are some tips you might have on moving this energy out? If you, I guess the first thing would be to identify if it is energy you want to move out, but if you think it is something you want to move, um, are there different exercises or things that people can try to, to move energy that might be stuck in the body somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. And and let me just go back to seeing if it's even something you want to move. Right. I, I just, I listed a lot of sensations that were quote unquote uncomfortable, right? And I don't say good or bad. None of this is good or bad because the worst feelings in the body to me are the, the most beautiful, right? If we drop into them, they're saying the most beautiful things sometimes. Um, but, and so, and so sometimes, you know, even when you're, notice what you're feeling when you like love somebody, right? Like when you're in love, it's like, oh, your whole body like fills with like warmness or like, you know, and so I just want to, I just want to say that too. I don't want to, I don't like to focus on, on just the things that don't feel good. Um, but, but yeah, generally, you know, we're not taught to, to sit with the, the uncomfortable ones. And so to move that energy, there's a lot of different things we can do, but I'm going to say like the most simple thing is so yeah, getting quiet, seeing where you feel it. And so I was telling you a little bit earlier, like I was having some sensations in my solar plexus, that, that spot right, right below my ribs, right between my navel um, and, my, and, my, and my ribs. And it felt really naughty. And so you so, so try to identify it because when we identify it, we can, again, we can not necessarily become it and then send your breath there. And a lot of times people are like, well, how do I send my breath there? And it's like, just place your hand over it and then send your breath into that place. And you can do this with the beautiful, you know, the beautiful sensations as well. Because anytime we use our breath, I always get the saying a little bit wrong, but our attention our energy flows where our attention goes, 
right? So it allows us to connect with that spot that often we want to leave, which is what a lot of people do with the pelvic space as well. There's, there's, we have years and years of not only in our own lives, but in lifetimes past and generations past where the pelvic bowl has carried so much, like so much pain, you know? And so when we can place our hand, if you're feeling like you feel something even in the pelvic bowl, if you can place your hand there and then breathe into it, it allows us to connect with it. And then the energy moves, right? And not only moves, and then we connect with that part of our body. It's, um, if, if people are familiar with shamanism, it's like a soul retrieval. It's coming back. It's bringing that part of our, ourselves, you know, back to the present moment. And then we don't want to leave it. We don't want to run away. We're like, cool, I'm safe. Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm okay. Um, oh, beautiful. I love that. I'm safe. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes even saying that, sometimes even, yeah. I was in a difficult, you know, I, um, sometimes socially I, I get like anxious. Right. And, and I have to constantly like come back to, I feel it in my body and then I'm like, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I'm safe. You know, like we're not going to die. Right. So, uh, which death isn't even necessarily a bad thing, but it's, um, yeah, it's just breathing into it. And then, and then there's so many other things you can do too. And then you start to, if, if you start to ask, this is the second thing you can do is start to ask that place. What do you need? Like just simply say, what do you need and see what naturally comes up. And sometimes it can be like, I need a cup of tea. <laughs> like it can be, I need to just lay down. And, and so often we've turned away from that feminine. We've, we've turned into ma- the masculine, you know, like, no, I have to do something with this. And I'm like, no, just be with it. Just, just like it was a little child is like, if a little child is, you know, if you have children, like you don't want to just tell them like, no, like just turn that off. You want to sit next to them and say like, what's coming up for you? And so when we start to look at our body and our physical symptoms that way, it, it, it softens, it softens, it feels heard. You know? I love what you just said. It reminds me a lot of the work that I do with women in the food space, because mm. I think there is a lot of noise. Like mm-hmm. you need to be paleo, you need to do intermittent fasting, you need to be keto, you need to be gluten-free, all these things, right? And we've lost the thread of feminine intuition when it comes to food. And if we can silence all the noise, we can actually ask ourselves what we need today from a food perspective as well. And so I get these, I get these um, questions from people all the time in my DMs, like what's, what's the best diet for me? What do I need to do to lose weight? What do I need to do for this? What do I need to do for that? And I can't possibly begin to answer that question for them because it's so individual and it, and I believe in intuitive eating to a certain extent. I know that there are certain Mm -hmm. foods that are really inflammatory, like sugar, Mm -hmm. things like that. But there's certain things that are more individual, bio-individual. And so I, I kind of, I actually did this this morning. I was having, I was having a bit of an upset stomach and I was like, okay, why is this happening? And I realized it was because I was just anxious and that, you know, that brain gut connection was activating as it has often for me. Mm. And so I said, well, what do you need? Okay. I need a few deep breaths and I need a cup of tea, like you said, and then I need to eat something really nourishing and I need to turn off all my devices and my interactions to do so. And I believe that the key to ultimate healing is going inward and finding that intuition and that guide in all aspects. 
even to the extent of like, if you're working, you know, like I always say to my clients, like, yeah, it's great that you have me, but I'm not in your body, right? (laughs) Asking yourself what you need day to day, moment to moment and listening to that guiding force, because that's ultimately what's going to get you to an optimal health perspective. So I think, I just think that there's so many similarities here. Um, Mm around like tapping into that intuition and, and sitting with what comes up and listening to that. And then you will know what you need in that moment. If you stop blocking yourself, basically with all the noise, if you're connected to your body. Yeah. And, and, and so many women don't know how to find that because they're not connected to their body. Like they, they can't feel it fully. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I love the way you work and it's probably why we connect so, so much, um, is because like what a gift you give women because there's so many wounds around food. There's so, there's so many wounds. And, and then, so to be able to just sit with somebody and and help them access that it's, um, it's the greatest gift, you know, because we've completely masculinated the, our health, you know, of like, how can we track this? How can we work out on this exact program? How can we eat this exact program? And there's a reason why women feel so anxious and it's because it's not our true nature. <laughs> like it's working completely against our systems. And mm-hmm. so to be able to say to women that it's like, oh, thank you. Like, no, thank you for the work you do, Sophie. Cause it's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. Um, that connection we can create for people. Um, before we, before we end today, I know there was one other aspect to your work that you, you speak on, which is womb cleanse care. And whenever I hear that, I always think of vaginal douching, which I know is not Mm. good for the pH of the vagina. So I would love to hear what womb cleanse care means to you and how women can access that. Yeah. Yeah. And so let me say, when I, when I say womb cleanse care, it's both physical and energetic. And I just want to explain this principle because a lot of women um, in the world, I'd say a lot of them are even either completely, completely in their physical body. And you say, you see that kind of archetype of a woman is like really focusing on like a specific exercise program, a specific like diet program. Right. And then you can see some people who are really in their energetics. And sometimes those people can be very much in the spiritual world um, and, and not entirely in their bodies. And so in my work, it's about honoring both, both the energetic and the spiritual and the physical body. And so when I bring that into womb cleanse care, it's about what are we clearing, essentially? What are we focusing on releasing during the menstrual cycle, during the inner fall? If you think, truly, if we think about our bodies as a landscape, and that's a lot other, that's another way to really access the feminine is to see like, what is like a landscape? What is, what does my body feel like? Um, as you think about like leaves falling from a tree, what is the tree? What am I releasing? And so when we think about womb cleanse care, it's what emotionally am I trying to let go of? What am I, you know, what is my body trying to teach me to release, you know, whether it's with a certain job or whether it's with a certain relationship, you know, what, what am I working on letting go of? And that's what I do a lot of in my work, but also from a physical standpoint of how can we let the blood completely release? And so we've been talking about this. I know Sophie, we've connected a bit about this, but, um, there's some, there's some things that can really help with that. And so anytime we help the physical release, you're going to also help your emotions release as well. And so to do that, there are certain things that can block, you know, block that release. And so one of that's tampons. And so you don't hear this often, but tampons are like a plug. Essentially, if you think they sit right at the, at the cervix. And so the best analogy I give is if you were to 
put a sock in a drain and eventually the sock would it would it would fill with water but it would essentially eventually block the drain you know and so yes you see a tampon filled with blood but it's also blocking the cervix and so what that's doing is it's not letting the blood completely completely out um and then you get stagnation. And so if you have any brown blood, either before or after your period, that's a sign of stagnation. And I don't, I don't like to use terms that make, that cause fear in women. It's not like it's a bad, awful thing. It's just something that's telling your body, like you might just need a little bit more support to release, um, or change, you know, certain things to release the blood better. Um, some other really, really basic things is to keep a lot of before you move on, yeah. what what do you recommend your clients do if they want to do a free bleed? Do you recommend the um, period panties or is there something else that you like to recommend for, for women if they're not going to use tampons? Yeah. I mean, I, in my most ideal world, I really like the, the washable ones, the washable pads. Um, I don't think that that's always the case because people, um, a lot of women you know, aren't necessarily staying at home. They want to be more comfortable. So they're like, hell no, I would never do that. But so that, and that's another point too, is when you're around your period, it's really the time to be at home. Like it's the, it's the time to, and people think, oh, that's like this anti-feminist statement. And it's no, like, it's no, for, it's nothing further yeah, from the truth. It's women exactly. into what's actually happening in their body, which is literally yeah. you are shedding, you have no hormones, basically. They're like completely flatlined. And so, and you're tired and you yes. maybe are cramping. So like yes. stop making the social plans on your, on your period. It's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, um, we're in week 11 of the empower her group program. And I think last week I was like, I called myself out on the video. I was like, guys, guess what I didn't do? I didn't schedule the fact that I have my period. And it's not because my period is this horrible thing anymore. It used to be. It's not, it's not that. It's that my, I know that I'm not going to get as much work done effectively when I, um, when I have my period. And what did I do? I, the literal first day of my period, I had like three podcasts to record. I had their group <laughs> program. I had like all these outward things. Like I had a, a Facebook live scheduled. Like, I'm like, what was I even thinking? Like, I just didn't even, I just didn't even listen to my own advice. And it was a horrible day. It was horrible. I was like, I'm so yeah. tired. I was staying with my, my girlfriend, Kyleen. And I was just like, Oh my God, what did I do? Like, why didn't yeah. I just cancel this day? And like, I want to empower women that as much as you can, like you can do that. Like you can push something off to the next day. You can get childcare support. You can support yourself as much. Maybe it's just mm -hmm. five minutes or maybe it's just 30 minutes. Like it's a bath. Like maybe you still have to do everything in your day because there's no possible way for you to call out or to cancel a true schedule. But maybe you can just like spend 30 minutes in a hot bath, like being silent and being quiet so that you can actually be yeah. with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things I tell women, I'm like, one of the first things we're going to do is put your period on your actual calendar, you know, and on your actual calendar, not in an app because it, it, then we can say no to things. And so I tell women, I'm like, you know, we're still like modern women, right? Like we have to, we have to still have to work and things a lot of the times, but it's, um, doing the bare minimum, I say, and absolutely no social, like, you know, at least on the first and second day of your period, no social, you know, interact I don't want to say no social interactions like big things like birthday parties you know parties like things like that because your energy field is open and that's another thing is the energy field opens during your period just like the energy field opens during birth right I think the birth and 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 and, and bleed time is very similar in a lot of ways because the energy field is opening and so there's a reason we're sensitive and we're taught that we're bitchy at that time when really it's like 
a magical time in our cycle when we're so sensitive, we're highly, highly intuitive. A lot of times we're very, a lot will come in during our dreams if you really tap into it. It's so cool. Um, and so, yeah, like protect that, like, you know, protect your, your energy field because a lot of times you'll notice it, like you might even get like in more fights and things like that too. Um, when you don't, when you don't set boundaries. Um, yeah. Like I was a terror last week. I mean, I was an actual terror because I was like, oh man, I didn't set, set myself any boundaries. I woke up late. So I didn't even meditate. And I was like, I am, this is not, I am not at my optimal here. And, but I, I recognize that right. Versus women who've never heard this information before might be like, there's something wrong with me. I'm a horrible person. Like, why don't I want to be like the perfect mom, girlfriend, wife, sister, friend today? You know, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) It's just a different season. And that's just as important and just as valuable as the masculine um, season of, of, of ovulation and going outwards and being social and doing all the things. Yeah. So I'm glad we, I'm glad you brought that up and we talked about that. Um, yeah. And thank you for saying that too, because it's, um, it's, uh, we have to give ourselves grace too. I went to New York city, like on my period last week and I was like, what did I do? Like, and I felt like crap the whole, you know, <laughs> but yeah, we're human too. So it's forgiveness. Yeah. But, so, um, so let's just wrap up with women's yeah. care. I know there's a few things you, yeah. we talked about rest, um, and energetic release. I think you also mentioned warm foods or, or heat during. Yeah. So yeah, warm foods and heat are so important. Um, the way that the lining sheds is by bringing blood flow into the, into the uterus. Right. And so if we are eating a lot of cold foods, ice cream, people love ice cream on their periods. Um, and if we're just cold, if we're going out, you know, even in the, we're going into winter, right. And if you're spending a lot of time outside, it's going to divert the blood flow from the uterus to the rest of the body. And so then it's not going to be able to shed the lining of the uterus quite as much. Um, so warm foods, and that does not include he- heating pads. Heating pads can actually cause a cooling effect. So if you're going to put a wa- use a water bottle, like a hot water bottle type of one of those soft ones, um, it can be like your best friend. Um, and people notice, I've been t- sharing that with a lot of my clients lately. And they're like, I notice when I eat something cold, my symptoms will get worse, you know? Um, and Absolutely. yeah, I was going to say, I also love, I, go, going back to your tampon question too, if, if there's another alternative, I also like the cup too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a learning curve with that. Um, <laughs> there sure is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I mean, pads in the cup, I think are a nice alternative. Um, and yeah, well, did I answer your question about the heat? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We, we've covered um, how to, how to do the wound cleanse care in regards to warm foods, energetic release. Um, resting and and kind of being with yourself, and then you know you wanted to just touch upon um, you you sometimes will use like this this newer modality of vaginal steaming. It's not your main modality, but I know you've mentioned it a couple of times. So I wanted to give you space to speak on that if you wanted to mention that as well. Oh yeah, and it's all it's a. Uh... It's not all I do, but it's something I, I do offer as consults for vaginal steaming to do at home. Um, I believe vaginal steaming is almost something every single woman should be doing um, because they found that through some research that like 90 or 95% of women have signs of pelvic stagnation of blood not completely, you know, releasing. Um, and it's such an easy thing. You hear a lot of bad rap about va- vaginal steaming because a lot of people will be like, the only thing I know about it is from Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, yeah. It's the most <laughs> gentle. It's so gentle. You essentially sit over steam and it's so relaxing. And then you have herbs that have both the physical and energetic spiritual properties of the herbs that help to release and to help. They do so many things, but they can help to, to clear. They can help to also tone the uterus 
anytime you have cramps, it's because the, the uterus is is struggling to get something out. So cramps are a sign your body's working for you. It means that there's there's some stagnation and they're just it's just working harder to push something out. Um, but as we as the, the blood starts to exit, you know, more easily, then then the, then the, of course the uterus doesn't have to try so hard, and and then cramps will will lessen. Um, yeah. What was the other? Where else was I going with that? Um, oh yeah. And so with vaginal steaming, yeah. And so it's just a, it's just a really nice practice. Um, it gives a lot of love and it's, it's actually one of the most ancient modalities in a lot of ways. I think it's becoming a lot trendier quote unquote, but it's been used for thousands and thousands of years all across the globe without women communicating. They've just known to do this, right? It's a very sacred practice. And, um, and so this idea that you're steaming, I think people think it's like, Oh, you have to steam to like give your vagina a facial. And it's not for that reason. I mean, I think it can feel very nice, but it's actually for, energetic and you know medical properties they they say that a lot of times steaming can can help heal a lot a lot of pelvic symptoms um including cysts and fibroids so um if if you've only been just to anybody who's listening if you've only been offered you know invasive um options you know surgeries for for cysts and and fibroids and endometriosis um steaming i always say try steaming first because it can really help it can really really help um and it's, it's so gentle. It's not like you're having steaming, steam blasted up your vagina. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the most gentle thing. So. Well, thank yeah. you for, for sharing that and busting that myth. Cause I think a lot of people are afraid of that. They think it's very taboo. Um, maybe they think it's gross cause we're basically taught that our periods are disgusting. So I'm really glad that you also um, are bringing in this other thing that someone can do at home. Um, how do people get in touch with you? What's, what's the best way for, for someone to talk with you further and see if there might be something you can help them with? Yeah, sure. So there's several different ways. Um, sometimes it's easiest. I know everybody is on Instagram these days. Um, and my Instagram handle is at pelvic underscore luminary. So at pelvic luminary. Um, my website is miriambouvet.com. Um, so that's M-I-R-I-A-M, last name Bouvet, B-O-U, V as in Victor E. And I offer free um, free call, free 45-minute clarity calls because I know this work is a little bit intimate. It can feel like there's a lot of questions that come up. So um, that's my gift to anybody who does, who even just wants to talk more too. Um, and of course, anybody can email me too at miriambouvet at gmail.com. Um, and so, yeah, my website, Instagram, email, I'm here. <laughs> so. Amazing. Awesome. Well, ladies, you heard it here. Go to at pelvic underscore luminary, go to her website, Miriam Bove. Miriam, it's been such a pleasure to interview you on this really special, intimate topic. I really appreciate your transparency and the love, um, that you bring to this really, really important topic. Thank you so much for being here. Sophie, thank you so much. And I just want to say thank you for just bringing light to all the women that you believe in so much around you. Um, because you truly, I believe women are the weavers of the universe. And I see you weaving that everywhere you go through this podcast and everything. So, um, and, and also to anybody who's listening to, I also am offering 25% off your session or a package. Um, if anybody is called 
just want to offer that as a gift as well. So. Thank you. That's such a generous gift. We'll, we'll definitely drop the links into the show notes so you guys can easily access that, get your free session with Miriam and also get 25% off. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. This is Sophie Shepard, uh, the founder of She Talks Health and this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can find me on Instagram and on my website at She Talks Health and shetalkshealth.com. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid or silly and you are heard here. So please reach out to me if you have any questions about your menstrual health and I'll see you on the next episode. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.